Touchdown Michigan! Touchdown Michigan! Touchdown Michigan! Touchdown Michigan! Welcome to episode 72 of the Victors, a Michigan sports podcast. We are affiliated with Between the Whistles Detroit, a JC Sports Network exclusive. I'm your host, Chad Mazigan, joined by my co-host, Jordan Dean. And Jordan, the time has finally come, the time that feels like it's been three years at least in the making. Jim Harbaugh is no longer going to be Michigan's head football coach moving forward. And it's a little bit bittersweet. Um, we'll get into that, obviously. Um, but man, it's uh, it's been a ride, and I'll just I'll I'll leave it there to let you chime in. It is from 2015 to now. It has been quite the roller coaster. It feels like that is an understatement, man. I, I think the personality of Jim Harbaugh and uh, just the, everything from the stories, from everything that he's done with the NCAA, and uh, just pushing pushing the envelopes. So, so I feel like Jim Harbaugh's been in the media for nine straight years. Um, so it's been uh, it's been a great journey. It's been it comes with some obviously amazing memories, some very frustrating memories, you know. Uh, but uh, I'm like you said, it's bittersweet. Um, I, I think it just stings a little less knowing that uh, he didn't leave on empty promises. Uh, that he, you know, said he, he would get Michigan back to you know being a premier football program and beating Ohio State and winning Big Ten championships and competing for a national championship. And he checked all those boxes. So I, I it's hard for me to be angry that he's not going to be here. Um, he did everything he said he was going to. Um, and, you know, I wish him nothing but the best. Yeah, no doubt. And for, you know, those of you who must be living under a rock, if you're a Michigan fan, listen to this podcast. Jim Harbaugh last night, which was Wednesday, we're recording on Thursday the 25th. Wednesday the 24th, last night news broke from multiple sources uh, that Jim Harbaugh was indeed returning to the NFL and he had accepted or agreed to terms with the L.A. Chargers to become their coach, head, uh, new head coach on a five-year deal. Um, and really this is no surprise in the sense of we know Jim Harbaugh had been very interesting in back to the NFL um, in 2021, he had an interview with the Minnesota Vikings. In 22, he interviewed with the Denver Broncos. Obviously, neither of those years he ended up taking a job. But you know, coming off a national championship win, coming off the really the last three years together, really built a resume for him, a strong resume to pique interest in uh, in you know NFL ownership. And um, in 2023, it finally came true. Um, and it really the L.A. Chargers were the big connection the whole time uh, when you look at it, Jordan. I mean, I know the Atlanta Falcons, he had an interview with them, and I know, you know, they kind of hinted or, you know, crept in there a little bit. But from the very start, right after the Michigan season came to an end, it was the Chargers are going to be interested. The Chargers are going to be interested. Um, you know, they they have obviously a little bit of ties. Uh, Harbaugh played there for two years whatnot. Um, but you know, LA came through despite some big names being available, you know, LA went through a big hiring process, interviewed a lot of candidates, uh, definitely talked with Mike, uh, Ray, Ray, Ray sorry. Uh, you know, obviously he was uh, let go from Tennessee, really good NFL coach established. Um, I don't know if they talked to Bill Belichick or not officially. Um, but anyway, they land Jim Harbaugh. He gets to land and they believe Harbaugh is the guy to not only, help Justin Herbert take that next step, uh, but obviously turn around the really underwhelming L.A. Chargers the last few years. Obviously a team that looked like it was built to be pretty successful and just has come up short. So, um, you know, at the end of the day, uh, you know, I wish I wish Harbaugh the best, kind of like you said. Um, it's a bittersweet uh, thing. And, you know, like you said, he's leaving. Uh, he leaves Michigan on top. And that's really what he promised to do when he came here in 2015, when he was hired, he wanted to restore Michigan as one of the premier programs in college football. Um, obviously it took him a little longer than maybe all of us expected and probably even himself. But at the end of the day, he did get that done. He left, you know, leaving behind really three outstanding years, three, Three years that the fan base probably is never really going to forget that, you know, obviously has been around to watch this team. And, um, you know, again, uh, you know, it could have, you, you end on a national championship, you get a win. And I think that really helps a lot of this. You know, we were talking a little bit pregame or pre show. You know, if Harbaugh, let's say, made the playoffs again this year and lost and 0 3 in playoff appearances, 
you know, his time here would have probably been remembered a little differently, a little bit more of empty promise, a little bit more of, yeah, it was, it was fun. It was good, but you know, he always felt like he got to 90% and it kind of stopped. He came up a little short. Um, but again, not only did, you know, we talked about JJ McCarthy and his promise before he came to Michigan, how he was going to restore him to greatness and get us to a championship. Harbaugh did the same thing. And, you know, he, he went out on top and I, I do believe a little bit of his decision to go to the NFL. Obviously, um, he wants that chance to, uh, pursue a Super Bowl again. That seems like the most obvious reason he didn't come back to Michigan. I know there's some contract language and things we'll get into in a little bit, but you know, I feel like his mind, he probably felt a little bit better leaving Michigan where he did after winning the national championship opposed of not, you know, previous years of not being able to get it done. I know it's hand in hand. If Minnesota would have offered him a job in 2021, that's probably, him not winning at Michigan, you know, at you know, a national title probably doesn't stop him from taking that job. But he probably feels a little bit better that he he did what he set out to accomplish at Michigan. Um obviously Michigan means a lot to him, played here, um now coaching here or have now have coached here for ten years almost. He feels better in the spot he's leaving, uh, you know, now that he accomplished what he really wanted to. Yeah, I mean I, I totally agree. I, I imagine it was like you said, much easier for him to go through the interview process knowing that he did what he said he was going to do. And um, I think he's, he knows, and he said at the beginning of this year too, that I think he's absolutely correct that he has four or five head football coaches on his staff um, that he, you know, has developed and trained and he really has laid the groundwork, the blueprint for what it looks like to be a successful program. And um, I, I think he knows that, the, the, the behind the scenes of how this would all plan out, which I know we'll jump into here in a little bit of what we expect the future to look like. But I imagine that played a decision for him. And, you know, that it, it's the competitive nature, man. I mean, he, he climbed the mountain of college football. He did it. You know, he, 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 he didn't for a few years. He was so close, but then he got over the hump. Now, like you said, he's kind of had that Super Bowl itch. He got to the highest point in the Super Bowl and, and lost it to his brother. So, now he really does have an opportunity from a football perspective uh, to label himself, if he does get an uh, opportunity to win a Super Bowl with the Chargers, to be one of the greatest football coaches to ever coach uh, at, in both levels. Um, so I, I totally understand the legacy move, the desire to be one of the greats. And, you know, he, I, I do think he will have legitimate opportunity with the Chargers with Justin Herbert, they get, you know, I don't think that he's inheriting a great situation with the salary cap and stuff, but that's a different conversation for a different day. But I do think he'll get them back to be contenders. So I, I'm happy for him. Um, you know, I think he's going to do great things with Chargers. Uh, I mean, like you mentioned earlier, too, he knows the ownership group. So that was uh, – he's been friends with them for years. So like you said at the beginning of this, like we knew that the Chargers are going to be probably the number one spot. Yeah, and uh, you know, it, again, it it always helps when you have your quarterback. I'm sure that was a very attractive part of the job. No doubt, the Chargers need a retool. But you know, what has Harbaugh been known for his whole career, coaching career? It's helping develop quarterbacks, getting the most out of quarterbacks. And you know, if they feel Harbaugh is that guy to take take Herbert from, you know, really good to elite, you know, that will only help the Chargers, uh, you know, do do better things moving forward. Um. You know, getting back to it in the sense of we know the Super Bowl is one of his main pursuants or his, uh, you know, he wants the opportunity to go in a Super Bowl. No doubt he'd be one of the greatest, but there's also other factors that played a role here. Um, we can talk about the Michigan contract stuff. Um, you know, Michigan was obviously offering him very competitive money, um, but it was some contract language that played a role, um, you know, for the last couple of months, really, as we've seen in a few reports today that, you know, Harbaugh's legal team was like, hey, you know, if you want Jim you got to put this stuff in here and you know, the latest reports uh, from, you know, multiple Michigan sources is, you know, Michigan waited till the 11th hour to finally agree to those sources when it was kind of already, you know, Jim was getting fluffed up by the chargers. So, you know, a little, little too, uh, too little, too late. Um, and you know, as, as time goes on or, you know, the, the, you know, we get more information, you know, we'll find out how accurate those reports are or not. Obviously this is all, very new, all you know, still recently developing. But there's also bigger things outside of that. Let's talk about the NFL for one. It's a much, I'm not going to say easier job than college, but it's less time committed in the sense of Jim Absolutely. Harbaugh does not constantly have to be on the recruiting trail. Jim Harbaugh is not a young man anymore. This is not only a leap for him to go do what he wants, but he frees up more time to be 
do some stuff he wants personally, spend more time with his family, whatever it is, you know? So that's a big reason. And I think another huge reason that plays a role in this, and Michigan and college football is guilty on both sides. We'll get to that. And I think it's the same reason Nick Saban kind of hung it up. And I know, you know, there's various reports on why Nick Saban hung it up, but Nick Saban's been very outspoken about how NIL is not regulated right and things like that. And Michigan, or I think Jim Harbaugh, probably feels the same way. This is not the same college football Jim Harbaugh came to in 2015 when he took that Michigan job. It's not the same college football, obviously, before his time with the 49ers when he's coached at Stanford and some of the other schools uh, before he went to the, uh, you know, took the San Francisco job the first time around the NFL. You know, there's a lot of figuring out you know, the NCAA or college football, whatever, need to do um, with the current landscape. There's no doubt this current landscape of college football feels a a bit out of control. On the same hand, Michigan, obviously been doing better about their NIL support uh, for the program and stuff, but definitely had, for most of Harbaugh's time here, not been one of the better ones. So, you know, it's frustrating for Harbaugh, and, you know, again, you read stuff, you don't know what's accurate, what's not, but you know, there was, there's a sense of, you know, Harbaugh was really, you know, he was the single handed force of, you know, forcing Michigan to do more with NIL uh, the last few years. Like he kind of drove that stake, obviously Harbaugh being the guy he is knowing kind of, you know, again, we always talked about how Michigan was a job. He'd probably never get fired from, right? Like Michigan was never going to fire their own guy as long as he, you know, it would have to be really bad, right? I think he took some of that. I don't know if you want to call it comfortness or whatever, but like he was able to help drive things home that maybe ordinary coaches wouldn't necessarily be able to do. And then the final thing, obviously, the NCAA allegations. Who knows what's going to come out of this now that Harbaugh's gone, especially um, because we know Harbaugh's had the target on his back from the NCAA for quite a few years now. But did Harbaugh want to take the chance of maybe being suspended? You know, let's say at at most or, you know, the worst penalty is Harbaugh suspended the whole 2024 season. Like, did he want to take that chance if he had the opportunity to go coach in the NFL? So I think it was a mix of all these various, you know, things that, you know, hey, I do want my chance at a Super Bowl. Um, And, you know, this is probably the right time with all these, you know, varying degrees of, you know, you know, factors that played a role. So I think it's, I don't think it's one thing or the other. Like, you know, you see social media has been a war today of, Oh, he was tucking his head, you know, tail and running from the NCAA and Oh no, you know, hard slap Michigan slap. He's Oh, all he wants to do is win a Super Bowl. There was nothing Michigan could do to bring him back. I think it's a mix of a bunch of different variables that obviously there was obvious interest. They wanted to go back to the NFL, but I think some of the stuff, with the college landscape and you know how he's kind of been treated over the last few years with Michigan and his contract situation and you know his you know butting heads with Ward Manuel, I think that all kind of played a role in this final decision. Sorry, I no, I, a lot I there. <laughs> no, you're, you're you're good, man. I I think you hit it all on the head. I it's not, I don't know if there's really much to add outside of you know I you need to talk about the NCAA Harbaugh not getting along very well. I mean that stems back to just the beginning with the satellite camps and uh, I think all of that play a factor in, you know, knowing that the NCAA doesn't like him. And I think he's not stupid and understands that, especially he's been very outspoken to about, he hates how the NCAA doesn't, you know, take care of the student athletes from a revenue standpoint. Um, So he's really been that, he really has been the coach in college football outside of, I guess, Nick, like you said, Nick Saban with the regulation of NIL, but talking about the, the necessary changes that need to be established for the betterment of the student athletes. And, you know, it's it's kind of like an old gentleman's club. I feel like with the NCAA, like you know, we don't want we're, you know we we've done this for this is what we do. This is what we've done for years. We're never going to change. And you know, when guys like Harbaugh come to town and say, no, let's we're, I'm going to challenge the status quo. We need to be better. People don't like that. So I I I wouldn't be surprised. They got what they want. Harbaugh's gone. I imagine the, is it political potentially where he may not get the same uh, Michigan may not get the same penalties that they were going to if Harbaugh is going to be here. Uh, we'll find out probably in the next few weeks or months, whatever that looks like. Um, but I think you're absolutely right with everything you said about Ward Manuel and um, all all of the factors. It, it wasn't it wasn't a simple decision. There were a lot of many different things that made him come to that conclusion to leave. Right, no doubt. Um, 
But yeah, I mean, let's talk about his resume really quick with Michigan. You know, we talked about how it start, you know, started off pretty good. So let's let's look at the like the first, you know, 2015 to 2019-ish. He definitely got Michigan out from mediocrity, right? Like he took Michigan from a middle of the Big 10 team, you know, in much of the Hoke and, you know, Rich Rod, you know, maybe bottom of the Big 10 for most of his tenure, but whatever. Took them from mediocre at best to, you know, hey, we're competing. We're consistently, you know, second to third in the Big Ten East. You know, not great, but definitely a step up. You were relevant, right? You were, you know, ranked many times and things like that. You just could never get that 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 monkey off your back in the sense of winning the big games. Like, I know his record against top ten opponents, you know, for the first couple of years at Michigan was not great, whatever. Um, but again, restored relevance in a sense of, you know, Michigan was at least winning, you know, eight, nine games, ten, whatever, uh, in those years, uh, and it brought Michigan back to at least the national stage, right? Move into 2020 COVID year, however you want to call it, you know, obviously Harbaugh almost ended up fired after that. You know, there was much discussion amongst the fan base, whatever, like, hey, you know, we just went two and four against, you know, it, I get COVID. It was a really wacky season, but two and four, you're coming off a couple seasons prior of, you know, a few letdowns of coming up short. Like, I think it's time to go. Looking back, I just thank God we didn't because Harbaugh's last three years, like we said, you know, three playoff appearances, one national championship, uh, you know, a perfect season, obviously, this past season. So it ended up working out, right? And Harbaugh, like I said, his his resume he leaves behind with Michigan, 89-25 and 25 record overall, which is outstanding. Uh, three-time Big Ten champions, uh, obviously 2023 national champions with a perfect 15-0 and 0 season. Uh, one-time Big Ten Coach of the Year and one-time AP Coach of the Year. Um, really just out, outstanding stuff when you look on the surface. Um, and, you know, we talked about a little bit before the show. His real, his only real tarnishes uh, when you look at his, you know, time at Michigan overall um, is maybe his rivalry records and his bowl or postseason records, whatever you want to call it. You know, if you don't count Penn State, uh, as a rival, I kind of do because I just don't like James Franklin. I know they're not maybe traditionally the Michigan rival, whatnot. Um, but six and three against Penn State, so not too bad. I think they kind of went back and forth early on, and the Michigan's won three straight in that series. Um, actually, he'd be five and three, right? With the yeah, because he didn't play him. He was technically suspended this year, yeah, so right. we'll, we'll say right. five and three against Penn State. Regardless, not too bad. Uh, five and four against MSU. Uh, that's a little disappointing, especially given Michigan's. Typically been the pretty stronger team most years, uh, you know, in Harbaugh's tenure. Obviously, two that really stand out that got away was the 2015 trouble with the snap game. That one was all on Harbaugh slash the coaching staff, however you want to, you know, chalk that one up. And then, uh, you know, 2021 went into East Lansing, led 30 to 14 in the second half, uh, ended up losing that game, uh, you know, when Kenneth Walker went off for five touchdowns in that game for MSU. Um, so overall five and four against Michigan State and then two and five against Ohio State. Um, again, not counting at least this year uh with his suspension. Um obviously Sean Moore head coach that game. Um and yeah, I mean this was and this was really the the game uh or games, I guess, that really had people hounding uh in 2019, 2020, like, hey, this guy's 0-5 now against Ohio State. Like, when is enough enough sort of thing? Like obviously he's not the guy to get it done. Again, obviously the last two, well, three years, we've beaten Ohio State. 21-22, Harbaugh was the head coach on the sideline. Won both of those games, finally had figured it out, got you know coaching staff, whatever, players in place, and they, they finally were able to do it. Um, but, you know, when we look back 40 years from now and you see that 2-5 and five record, that's going to be the only thing you look at and be like, ah, man, you know, he was good, really good, great for the program. Obviously turned around and got the national championship and beat Ohio State when it mattered in a sense, but uh, – just overall consistency wise, it just wasn't the best thing. And then obviously his bowl record, I think, is uh three and six, like you said. But when you look at it, he was two and two in the playoff game slash national championship, right? So oh oh and two in the first two playoff games, won a playoff game in the natty this year. So five hundred when it you know, for the bulls that actually mattered. I you know, three and six sucks from a standpoint, right, but right. it's like whatever. FR starters don't play in those bowl games anyway. Like I'm not Losing, losing sleep that we lost the Buffalo Wild Wings Bowl in 2017 or whatever <laughs> it was, you know, with John O'Corn right. or whatever. So, but just your thoughts on this resume, Jordan? I mean, it, it's it's a seller one when you look at it. Back up and look at it. Oh, absolutely. I mean, 
it's tough to win in the Big Ten consistently, and you know, eighty nine and twenty five is is no easy thing to accomplish. And you know, I you know, it took him some time to turn his ship around, and you know, he's got he went through. I think my I think Sharon was either his third or fourth offensive coordinator uh, to get things accomplished. I think it was uh you know he, it was a sec it was a, to get a win, win in Natty it was his third defensive coordinator between him and Mike McDonald and then before we had Doctor Blitz we, we all don't Blitz. We, we, yeah we we don't miss that guy but uh, Don Brown well, yeah I I don't think Carbaugh gets enough credit for that decision um to in that 2020 change in that COVID season to really kind of blow up things internally. And get the right. It was really wholesale job. changes, no doubt. Yeah, it, it was. So he he got a, he, his staff got younger, more energetic, more passionate. He brought you know Ben Herbert was a, a a massive keep in addition when he when he came to town, and so he really did do some serious decisions that really amplified our program. And um, so I you know kudos to him. You know we we all were sitting here in 2020 like what the heck, man? Like we knew COVID was a weird year, but just we finished so poorly and. Um, you know, I, I love the story of the 2021 season, you know, just 0.2% chance or whatever it was to be in the play, uh, to win the big 10 championship or make the playoff or what I think it was to make the playoff. Um, but so it, it was just cool to see, you know, that quick turnaround and the changes that he made be, uh, so quickly positive. Um, but no, it's, it's, it's definitely one of the best resumes, uh, overall for, you know, his tenure at Michigan, Lloyd Carr is up there too. Um, so, but Jim will, and I won't be surprised if there's some uh, Jim Harbaugh, you know, or, or some Harbaugh names in the, you know, in the facility, you know, changing some rooms to his name or something like that. He's he's done. He's forever respected and forever a Michigan man, and based on what Michigan, you know, talks about. And talking about what it takes to recognize, you got to make this wholesale changes. You know, when you realize things aren't working. That COVID season where we went two and four might have been a blessing in disguise in the sense because Michigan will start with 2015, 10 and 3, 2016, 10 and 3, 2017, 8 and 5, uh, 2018, 10 and 3, 19, 9 and 4, Michigan 2 and 4 in 2020, and then goes on to go 12 and 2, 13 and 1, and 15 and 0. You know, if you don't have that 2 and 4 season, it's hard to, ju- you know, not justify change, but it's much harder to tell yourself like you know we're this close we're 10 and 3 year in year out we're 9 and 4 whatnot like we're so close do we make all these changes right when you go 2 and 4 and everything's bottom out you're kind of like okay I gotta do this to save my ass sort of thing and you know if they go 4 and 2 in the COVID year 5 well you know whatever if they have their typical Michigan season where they you know win most of their games and you know lose to Ohio State or Michigan State or Penn State whatever it be you know does he have does he make those changes still I mean you'll never know right but it's like that two and four season, you know, he really had to take look in the mirror and reflect on what was what was going on in his program, yeah. what was working, what wasn't, and obviously the three years after that tell the whole story. Yeah, and I, you know, it, the, to me, you know, football is a game of you know it, using resources and using coaches that have been successful and looking at what they've done in six, for successful programs. And Jim has his brother John, you know, and and John, I, I think it, the the whole. I, I think after that 2020 season, he those two sat down, and I think Jim just was humble and just said, "Look, I need your help. I, I what you know, I need your defense. Who do you have? You know, who can I who can I have from your staff? You know, or that you, you would be good recommendations." And he, you know, talked about Jesse Minter and Mike McDonald, and he chose Mike McDonald. And then he got Jesse Minter after the fact. So like, you know, it, it was it's it was definitely a a not a. There are some coaches that would have just but you know bit their tongue and says, you know, after this, we're going to keep going. You know, I'm going to keep, we're going to make, we're going to figure it out. But he was humble enough to take a step back. Like I said, look in the mirror and say, we need to make some changes. And he, he definitely did that. So, and here we are three years later from that decision, top of the world. Yeah. And because we're leaving national champions, I do think, you know, Harbaugh's legacy at Michigan will always be remembered as the, the coach or the man that brought Michigan back, back to the top, back to being a premier program. And, Obviously, now we hope the next guy up uh, can sustain that success. Um, And now, I mean, really, for Michigan, it is time to quickly move on so they can stabilize the program here. Obviously, by NCAA rule, the transfer portal is now open for 30 days uh, for all Michigan players. They can determine if they want to leave or not based on this coaching change. 
Um, not only is it an option for players to leave, but it's an opportunity for other schools and programs to legally try and poach players, right? Like they can open communication. Hey, you know, we can give you this much. I don't know how much you're making at Michigan, but hey, we can offer you this in NIL or whatever, right? Um, so, and this is where, you know, Michigan, you know, they did such a great job last year with their NIL to retain so many key pieces for that championship run. Uh, Michigan's going to have to do the same thing here with their NIL program uh, to keep guys like Graham and Grant and Will Johnson. And, you know, I, obviously Donovan Edwards, pretty much he, are, he came out and said he's already committed to staying at Michigan. Um, obviously, he got his NIL deal uh, a month ago or so, whatnot. But you get my point. There's a lot of important pieces that we need to make sure we're retaining here. Are some players going to up and leave? Probably. Who knows where they are on the depth chart, whatever. It could be guys we haven't really heard of. Maybe a, a starter to say, you know what, I'm going to go try my, my luck elsewhere. I don't really know what to expect in this path. But it's going to take uh, Michigan deciding really on the right coaches that first next step to help retain a lot of this team that they've put in place. And as we know, reports are, um, you know, because Michigan can't officially hire anyone until the job's on, you know, posted for seven days, uh, you know, by state law. But it's all been reported. It's all, you know, all but done here officially. You know, 99% chance Sharon Moore, offensive coordinator, is promoted to head coach here. And, you know, we've been talking about it, uh, not even for this past season, but even the year prior. Like, hey, if Harbaugh leaves, I mean, this is your guy, right? This is, you know, not only did he go out this year and prove that he can be a head coach in the sense, you know, when Harbaugh was serving his multiple suspensions. Moore went 4-0, including two two wins against top 10 opponents uh, over Penn State and home against Ohio State. He's proven he's earned this opportunity, and not just through those four wins, but he's proven he's a master class recruiter. He is one of the top recruiting coaches in the nation overall, not just at Michigan. Um, and he's just been really good. And the cool thing is, you know, being on Twitter or whatnot, we've seen many Michigan players, not just players, but commit uh, commits, uh, say, you know, they're still committed to Michigan. They love Sharon Moore and they believe in what he's about. So that's part of this right hire, uh, that Michigan needs to make happen, uh, that will help retain some of these guys. And uh, I just want to get your thoughts on it, Jordan, cause I don't think there's a better guy for the job than Sharon Moore. And I think we both agree on that. No, absolutely. I, just like you said, for the camaraderie of the, the team, where things are at from kids staying in the program to future commits, um, and kids that are coming here short, shortly, it's, it, it's not, it, I don't want to say it was a forced hand by, it's a forced hand by Michigan, but it kind of is, I guess. But at the end of the day, he still is the right guy for the job, even if it wasn't the situation. Um, I, I think he's, the Harbaugh has spoken so highly of him for years. Um, and that, and it's know, been he, reported he, Harbaugh openly endorsed him. Yeah, board manual. Absolutely. Like, hey, if I do take an NFL job, you your guys, right? Your my guy, or the guy to take the you know the head coaching job next is right on our staff. Like you don't have to look outside. Exactly, exactly. So, no, it, it's all but a done deal, in my book. And I think it'll be interesting to see how he, you know, the, like like I mentioned earlier, the blueprint. I feel like it's been laid. You know, I think Jim's given his his uh he's given that over to Sharon, and you know Sharon's gonna be himself. Don't get me wrong; he's not just gonna copy everything Harbaugh's done. You you can't do that. I understand football is a copycat situation, but gotta be your you own gotta coach. be who you, you gotta be your own coach and who you are. And I think Sharon is a very passionate motivator, and and you know like you mentioned, one of the top recruiters in the country. Um, will there be some learning curve stuff? Absolutely, um, but I have full confidence that uh, he is uh, the guy and. Not to get too political in a situation, but it will be nice to have the have that cracked in the in the, in the university with the first black coach. I think it's about dang time uh, in the football program, at least. Um, so I think that's important just to you know, talk talk about it for a second. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, um, you know, it's it it's hard to say because. I don't remember growing up, like, obviously Lloyd Carr was here and then we hired Rich Rod. Like, I don't know who were other candidates at the time. We hired Rich Rod or Brady Hoke, whatnot. I know Michigan's always been so committed to the Michigan man thing, um, you know, which obviously plays a role in that too. But I agree. I mean, it's 2024 and it's about time that we we break that barrier at the University of Michigan. Um, again, I can't pull out any 
examples of like, hey, you know, definitely should have hired this guy when we had the opportunity sort of thing. Um, but yeah, I agree for just on, on the surface, right? Like it's a, it's a good thing to, uh, check off at the university of Michigan. Um, and Sharon Moore is very deserving of the opportunity. Um, one thing I was going to say though, is, you know, give more credit to like, this wasn't just Harbaugh's culture. He helped establish at Michigan over the last few years. Like Sharon Moore, big, big time, big contributor in building this culture, uh, that we have at the university of Michigan right now. And, you know, I think that's another thing that, you know, he deserves credit for it. Another reason that I think, you know, not only was Harbaugh endorsing them, but that Michigan's brass that, you know, goes, you know, decides on the hiring process and things like that is comfortable with more being the plan to, uh, you know, take over for Harbaugh. Oh yeah. I, t- I totally agree, man. I, I think it's um, important for so many reasons, like you mentioned. So when it, definitely when it comes to, Keeping staff, and uh, and it'll be interesting what he does here with that uh, in the future. You know, I think he's got some decisions to make internally and then um, externally as well. So it'll be interesting to see what he does over the next month or two as we head into spring ball, which I believe is about what just over a month and a month and monthish away, March. Yeah, it's coming soon for sure. And you know, just uh, before we move on to that coaching stuff, or you know, what his staff might look like. Uh, Carter Smith, the four-star quarterback, Michigan, uh, you know, commit. He's he he came out and said that you know he he's good. He he, he believes in Coach Moore and Coach Campbell. Obviously, Kurt Campbell is the current quarterbacks coach, um, but that's good news. Um, 2025 four-star quarterback, and then obviously you know a player that just left Michigan and one of the uh, one of the you know best to ever play at Michigan, Zach Zinter. Uh, he, he said, you know, he came out right after the news broke and said, this is, this is coach Moore's time now. Like he is, he is the perfect guy. Moore, baby. That's right. (laughs) So, you know, O-line, O-lineman endorsing their O-line slash offensive coordinator, uh, to become the head coach. And you know, that, that's the next thing, right? It's Michigan, obviously if it goes as expected, Sean Moore gets hired probably this weekend or next week. Um, Michigan essentially has three coordinators they're likely going to have to replace. Now, nothing's been official with Jim Harbaugh and who he's taking, but all signs point that Jesse Minter, who we know has wanted to get back to the NFL, college was not his like long-term goal. Um, his long-term goal is to get back into the league and be a D.C. We're luckily, likely going to see defensive coordinator Jesse Minter follow Harbaugh to L.A. to be a defensive coordinator for the Chargers. Same with Jay Harbaugh, likely going to follow Jim uh, to uh, uh, Los Angeles to be the special teams coordinator over there. So right off the rip, you're looking at Michigan likely needing to replace three coordinators. Um, the OC, offense coordinator, will likely be an internal promotion, I'd have to imagine. Um, most likely going to quarterback coach Kirk Campbell. Uh, Mike Hart could be a dark horse there, but I'd expect Kirk Campbell to probably have the nod. Um the biggest thing that they need to play out there is, is Morgan be calling plays? Does he retain the play calling ability, uh, stuff or does he let Kirk Campbell uh, take over there? Um, I think it's going to be a mixed bag personally. Yeah, I, I think, definitely I don't know if he's going to like just kind of a run pass game coordinator situation or kind of, I, I feel like whatever the plan was with Harbaugh being gone, I think that's going to be retained. Yeah. And you could definitely see that for sure. Um, obviously defensive coordinator, uh, open, opens up when, you know, if Minter decides to leave, we'll have to know in the next day or so. I'd imagine if Minter, uh, you know, is going, I would, I was hoping we would have heard something by the time we record tonight being almost 24 hours after Harbaugh left, but we have not. Um, but we're just going to assume for the, the sake of the show that, uh, we will be, uh, needing to find a defensive coordinator too. Jordan, I don't know if this is an internal hire or not likely. Um, but there's definitely... Uh, someone you like on the outside, and I want you to, you know, give give your pitch on uh, him uh, right now. Yeah, um, I mean, what I understand there to be some internal promotions, sure. Um, I, mean, I, I do think, uh, are they the best options? I'm going to say no. Um, the guy that, to me, that is the, that I think Michigan should, I won't say, you know, that should, should really go after hard um, based on his current role. Um, is Jim Leonard. Um, he was, for those that don't know, he was the defensive coordinator for about for seven seasons at Wisconsin. Was the interim head coach for 2022 uh, when Paul Chris got fired, um, and then when uh, 
Luke Fickle got hired. They had some conversations. They decided to go a different way, and he's been he served as a, a senior football analyst for the University of Illinois this past year. Um, but anyone that knows college football and pay attention, uh, Leonard's the real deal when it comes to uh, controlling defense. Um, you know, during the you know it, during his time in Wisconsin, he had, t- he had top five uh, top total defense, a uh, top ten scoring defense four times. Um, he had the Badgers ranked third in scoring defense, first in total yards allowed, first in pass efficiency defense, third in rushing defense, and first in opponents third down conversions. So my man knows how to get after get after it. Um, I love this scheme. It's a three-four scheme, which is very similar, very multiple to what we've been running already with Minter and McDonald. So it could be, I won't say necessarily a plug-and-play situation. Obviously, there'll be some differences, but based on how we've recruited, um, I think that would be a phenomenal fit to get him over here. Um, a young coach too. I know he's he, so it, he would fit right in with kind of the the culture that we have, and so I I, I hope that uh, Strowman Moore. Uh, I assume Sean Moore knows about this guy and uh, Ward Manuel too, and they'll do its best and potentially uh, go talk to him. Yeah, it feels like his current role with the Illini is uh, pretty pretty underwhelming for what he's capable of. I mean, when he left Wisconsin, there was talks that he could potentially be a head coach somewhere, right? Like you know, at a you know maybe not a Power Five program, but you know maybe have the opportunity and maybe you got an opportunity. Maybe he got an offer and he decided to turn it down for, you know, to prove himself again. But I agree with you. I think his style and scheme is very similar to what we've been doing anyway. And I think our personnel would really fit what he likes to do. And I, I would think that, that to me, that'd be a home run hire for defensive coordinator. Um, that would be my first call by far if I'm, uh, you know, when Sharon Moore uh, officially gets the job and starts, uh, you know, putting together, together his staff. So, um, one other thing that seems to be the case is strength and conditioning coach Ben Herbert. We talked about on our last episode how important he is to this program, how he's kind of been that dark horse guy that's been so key in this turnaround we've seen from Michigan the last few years. It sounds like he is going to be staying with the Michigan Wolverines. Um, you know, strength and conditioning, much different in college than the NFL. NFL, they all have their own uh, you know, trainers and things like that. Ben Herbert, uh, from what I've read up on from some of the Michigan beat writers, is paid more than what the typical strength and conditioning coach gets in the NFL. So I, it'd be surprising to see him uh, follow uh, Harbaugh to the league. Um, so it sounds like he's going to be staying at the University of Michigan, which I cannot stress the importance of uh, how, how key that is for Michigan to retain him moving forward to keep helping develop these players that they're bringing in. Um, it's, it's just so it, it, he's been night and uh, day for a lot of the reasons why a lot of these kids that you know play at Michigan for three, four five years have developed so well um, over their time from when they get to Michigan to when they leave. Actually, um, he's the, he's, he's the foundation, you know, of why we are where we are, you know, yes, you can, X's and O's are important, but if you don't have the strength, speed, durability um, from your body to be able to do these things, that's what Ben Herbert's about. So whatever Ben Herbert wants, money-wise, double it. That's how important he is to me. <laughs> yeah, no, I, I totally agree. Um, but outside of those big names, uh, it sounds like a lot of the assistant coaches are expected to remain in current roles, um, which is good news. I mean, obviously, as much coaching turnover you can minimize as possible, obviously, is key to sustaining not only success, but you know, retaining players, obviously, you know, everyone loves the head coach coordinators, whatnot, but let's be honest, these players, college roster is so big. A lot of these players, especially the ones that are kind of waiting in the wings, like to, you know, earn their time, get pay their dues to get to their time. Um, they, their, their closest relationships often are with those coaches, position coaches and things like that. And if those guys leave and go somewhere else or whatever the case might be, um, that might deter some of these players from wanting to stay at Michigan or, you know, whatever the case may be. So if the, the most coaches you can keep in the program uh, as possible, uh, that's just good news overall from multiple standpoints for the University of Michigan. Dad, I got a quick question for you. Yeah. Do you think one staff member that we might be getting reports might be on his way to for an opportunity is Mike Hart for head coaching some opportunity somewhere? Uh, I mean, I think he's definitely capable of being a head coach somewhere. Uh, are you talking about like going into 2024 or just in the near future? Yeah, going, going into this upcoming season that he will, uh, find another opportunity. 
Uh, I don't know if it'll be this year. I feel like if he was going to try and go somewhere, it would have happened already just because a lot of positions are filled. Um, I'm Like I said, I'm curious to see who actually becomes the OC. I know, like, you know, what's been reported is it's expected that Kurt Campbell's going to get that promotion. Um, but, you know, like, you know, multiple people have said, don't, don't completely rule out Mike Hart. And I really think Mike Hart's next step, and I, I know where you're going with this in a sense of he's got to probably become a coordinator somewhere before he gets that opportunity to be a head coach in a, at least, you know, power five schools or whatnot. Um, is it possible that, you know, let's say he, he he stays as the running backs coach for another year at Michigan, uh, and then you know maybe a Mac school or you know a, a school kind of like a Mac school, a program like a Mac program, uh, decides like, hey, we'll take a chance on him being a head coach. I could see that for sure. Um, but if Mike Hart really has his his goals down the road of being a a Power Five head coach or something like that, uh, yeah, I do think he needs an opportunity to be a coordinator, and that might not be at the University of Michigan if he's not promoted this time around. Yeah, I, I think I think you're right. I was just curious your thoughts on it because Mike think, Hart uh, deserves that opportunity. I just oh, don't yeah, know. Absolutely. You know, if I could see if Sharon Moore, you know, he decides I'm calling plays on Saturdays and that's that's you know my final decision. But Mike, I want you to coordinate the offense and things like that. I could see that. I don't know if you know. Again, I'm obviously we're not in the program. We don't know everyone's experience and what what they're strong at, what they're not. But like I. I don't see Mike Hart just being promoted and like given full full reign of calling plays and things like that. So it's just sure. it's hard to say. I, I have no idea um, you know, what what where he's at from that standpoint. So I agree. And, and I don't even know if Kirk Campbell's gonna call plays. Like uh, you know, does more let that go or not? I have no idea. We're in a we're in a, a, a time in football, not only in college, uh, but in, you know, NFL too, where it feel you feel like, you know, whatever you know, there's a, quite a few head coaches that whatever their background is, whether defense, offense, it feels like more head coaches are starting to call uh, plays for what you know that respective side of the ball, whatever it may be. So, um, you know, it, again, I, I'm not so certain Moore won't keep calling calling the offense despite taking the head the head coaching role. Obviously, yeah, I I, I I could totally see that as well. The key thing is, is does he stay the O line coach or not? <laughs> right, right. Because I, I mean, to Harbaugh's point, I, I do. When he was here, I think it's it, to be the O line coach, offensive coordinator, and head coach. I feel like it's a lot. I don't think he'll lot. be the O line coach yeah. anymore. I think he will yeah, delegate uh, that somebody, to someone else. That has to be. Yeah, I agree. And from a coordinator position, I do think again he will. Someone will become the offensive coordinator. Obviously, it's just does do they have game day control of play calling or not? That's that's what we're gonna have to see. My last note on Sharon Moore, and you know when he officially gets announced as head coach, we can uh, obviously we'll have another episode covering it and things like that. Um, but my my one thing I would say, and I know we're on top, and we won the national championship, and there's going to be big expectations for this team moving forward. But remember how much the landscape of college football is changing going into this year. We're going; it's going to be year one in a super conference. Michigan has a very tough schedule. If Sharon Moore. Finds his way to a seven and five or eight and four year. I don't think we need to, you know, sound the alarm. Obviously, there's you know exceptions to every situation. If we go out there and go seven and five and Sharon Moore in most games look like he had no clue what he's doing, then you know we can have a conversation. I don't expect that because we already saw him be a head coach this year, multiple games, and he looked like he fit the part. But my point is, is Michigan's got a tough schedule. They're reloading. I'm not saying they're going to lose four or five games. They could very well go 10-2. and two. Who knows? Um, but let's remember there's a lot of player turnover happening, especially on offense this year. Uh, we're going to have a quarterback competition. We'll see if Alex Orgy wins the job or if it's someone else. Uh, but my, my, my thing is I would preach a little bit of patience. If Sharon Moore doesn't go, you know, 11 and one or 10 and two, like we've been doing consistently over the last couple of years. I don't think we need to raise the bell. Oh, he was a bad hire or, Oh, we need someone, a real person in here. Someone who can really be a head coach. Give, give, give more a few years is how I look at it. You know, it might not be all sunshine and rainbows right out the rip. Uh, you know, back, back to being big 10 champions four years in a row and things like that. So, I mean, if Harbaugh got that perspective, then he needs to get it. If if, if not more, I mean Harbaugh can. Oh, I agree. You know, it took him like we talked about multiple seasons to get us to where we are. Could we could we argue it's a little bit of a different? 
issue because Harbaugh has built this and he's in, in, you know kind of inheriting it situation, sure. Um, but to act like Sharon has not had a, a intricate part in making Michigan where they are is is stupid. Um, so a lot of the success of what we've had offensively and just in our program is due to him. So um, you know, I, I think it's to your point, patience is going to be important. Uh, I you know I, I do think it, depending on how our situation goes with quarterback play, we could you know with bad quarterback play, you're seven to five, eight and four. But with good quarterback play, we really could be another 10, 11 win football team. Um, yeah, you just never uh, know. And even though Harbaugh left us on top, you know he takes a couple coaches like Harbaugh yeah, and absolutely. Minter. I mean, you kind of you, you're starting over in some spaces. So, you know, we got to see how this all plays out before we can obviously, you know, it'll be a while before we're making season predictions on records and stuff. But just the overall, you know, public service announcement of, you know, I know it's been great the last few years, uh, but give. Give Sharon Moore an opportunity, you know, if it doesn't go as great as we want it to in year one, give him a chance to correct and write the ship and build his own program, right? Again, a lot of players, especially offensively, are, uh, you know, obviously left this year. So there's going to be a little bit of a rebuild in that sense. All right. And then, Jordan, I think before we end this, let's play a little game because obviously until Sharon Moore is officially hired, there's always going to be the fun rumors or does Michigan look, you know, even though they plan on hiring more, do they do a couple, you know, uh, outside interviews just to say they did their due diligence or whatnot, um, you know, while they have to wait that seven day period or whatnot. Um, I was reading an article on the athletic earlier today, uh, you know, Bruce Feldman of the athletic put it out and he just dropped a handful of potential cans at Michigan, you know, if they wanted to look to, and even in the start, his article, he phrased, you know, same kind of message at the start. Uh, Michigan, obviously, the most likely candidate is Sharon Moore. The most deserving candidate is Sharon Moore. But, you know, because it's not officially yet, here's some guys that might, you know, make sense for Michigan if they chose, for whatever reason, not to go that direction. And I just want to get your kind of yay and nay and maybe your, you know, 50,000-foot overview of why you like it or why you wouldn't like it uh, for these three candidates that he listed. Number one, uh, Lance Leopold of Kansas. Yay or nay, and a quick why or why not? Nay. Uh, great offensive mind coach. Uh, they don't play defense in Kansas. Not interested. Bye. And I don't even think he's I, – I don't know. I I don't know if he's ready for a Power 5 job like Michigan. Like, his offense is good in the Big 12 where they play no defense. His offense, you know, on that same token, kind of like you said, they don't play defense. Is his offense? Would his offense be as effective consistently on, in a Big Ten schedule? Right, I agree with you. I would kind of lean away from that. Uh, the next one is Chris Kleiman, same state, Kansas State University. Um, your thoughts? It's a lesser coach than Lance Le- Leopold, so, so no. <laughs> I would agree with you. And then one I'm going to throw in there that wasn't in the article, but I want to get your opinion because other people have spared out. But I feel like his this guy I'm about to mention has kind of run its course uh, from being like one of the top, top candidates. You know, we talked about him a few years ago quite a bit. Iowa State's Matt Campbell. I just – I don't see it, but mm. for some reason, uh, again, not Bruce Feldman, but other media outlets nationally have said, well, maybe they should look at Matt Campbell. I don't see it, but wanted to get your opinion. That one's interesting. I mean, I think he's a great program developer. I think he's getting the best out of Ken out of Iowa State. I mean, you're not going to get top tier players very often. Iowa State, yes, he's had dudes like David Montgomery and uh, Brees Hall, you know, those type of dudes at the running back position, but um, Brock Purdy, a quarterback. But I think uh, Michigan's too big of a job to go from Iowa State to Michigan. I think there's another program he has to take over to say that he can win before Michigan would give him an opportunity. Yeah, and maybe he's like Pat Fitzgerald in the sense of he's just very yeah. good to Iowa State, but don't you think by now he would have taken another job if given, you know, or a, a big opportunity That's the like thing that? Too. Like, it's, right. there's not even, I, I don't even haven't seen reports or anything that, hey, you know, a, an, a, you know, a SEC school like, I don't know, Florida or right. whatever. And I know, know a few said, years hey, ago the Detroit Lions wanted to interview him and he turned him yeah. down, but again, it's like, right. And again, maybe he just wants to be an Iowa State lifer. Maybe he loves it there. That's where yeah, he wants to be. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. It's just uh, that'd be quite a big leap in a sense, and especially for the last few years, they've kind of trailed back down from you know his high point a couple of years ago when he really hit the national uh, spotlight. And the last one we've talked about a little bit, but that Brian Kelly uh, train kind of 
rears up again. Uh, that was Bruce Feldman's uh, last suggestion, uh, obviously, of LSU. Your thoughts on this one? Oh, Chad. I mean, he, he, he's he's won. He, he's a winner. Uh, I will say that. Um, and I'll, I don't like it out solely on the fact that he's 62. I mean, I don't know how long he's got to keep coaching, but um, I, I do think he has created some good teams at Notre Dame, and he and I think he's going to get LSU to prominence uh, if he stays there. Um, but I, I, I think it'd be kind of a out of left field hire. I think a lot of people, I, I think it, he'd be behind the eight ball. I don't think he'd get, he wouldn't be immediately successful. It'd kind of be like a potentially a hard boss to reset with potentially not the outcome that we want. Yeah, I agree. Uh, the age is a big deterrent for me, especially again, when you have a guy like Sharon Moore, uh, who's 37 years old, you know, he's successful. He's going to be here for the next, you know, at least decade. Right. Like, so there's no, no reason not to give more the chance. Um, unless something obviously goes super wrong or her, for some reason he like bombs his internal interview or whatever the case might be. Right. So, um, or Ward, Man- Ward Manuel is an absolute jackass, but we don't talk about that. But you know. Yeah, yeah. Ward Manuel, he's not a very liked person ar- around the Michigan fan base right now, and I can't can't say I blame the fan base very much, uh, not just for the Harbaugh stuff, but chasing other good coaches, yeah, like John Beeline away a few years ago. So, um, but yeah, we'll just we'll just leave that one at that for now. Um, <laughs> but just a fun game to play, you know. Obviously, until Michigan makes that coach, there's going to be you know suggestions and rumors pot potentially of, you know, Hey, they talked to this guy or Hey, there might be a little, some interest in this guy. Uh, but we both agree, obviously, uh, this is Sharon Moore's job. Um, we both think he's obviously the most deserving he's put in this time for this. And obviously I think a Harbaugh endorsement for him, uh, goes a long way as well. So, um, we fully expect Sharon Moore to be the next head coach of the university of Michigan. Again, legally, uh, Michigan cannot make that hire until seven days, after the job's been posted or whatever it is. So probably not going to be announced till I would say Wednesday or Thursday next week, unless they find some loophole or something like that. But um, it, it all but points to him. I think the biggest news we need to wait for now is our, you know, who's Jim Harbaugh taking from the current Michigan staff is Jesse Minter indeed going is Jay Harbaugh going. If for some reason they don't take Minter, I agree with you, Jordan, you double whatever he's making right now. And you say, Hey, we need you for the next couple of years. Help, help stay, help keep the program stabilized um, and go from there sort of thing. But it'll be interesting to see how it all plays out. Absolutely, man. It'll be, we've got a couple of weeks, I think before we have a solidified situation. So regardless, uh, we will be in shock if, uh, we don't get the announcement we're going to think we're going to get. And then if that does, if he doesn't get the job, then all bets are off. <laughs> Ooh, baby. And we're late in the hiring cycle. <laughs> yes, we are. <laughs> so. All right. But for now, that's going to wrap it up for this episode. Remember, you can follow us on Spotify or subscribe to, uh, to us on Apple Podcasts by searching the Victors Dash Michigan Podcast. You can also subscribe to Between the Whistles Detroit on YouTube to catch our podcast as well as the rest of your Detroit sports need. Thanks for tuning in, and you can catch us next time. Uh, like I said, when Sharon Moore gets officially hired, we start piecing together some staff. You know, obviously, again, if someone, you know, who, who Jim Harbaugh might take, uh, we'll get on and record another episode, give, a, give you our thoughts and all that, and uh, we'll go from there. But as always, go blue. Go blue.